Welcome to Thrive Church. My name is Pastor Sheldon, and I'm the lead pastor of this church. We're so glad that you're here worshiping with us this morning. And uh, we are a church. Our mission is this, is to lead people to become life-giving followers of Jesus. And, and that's really what we're trying to do here today. Today is just a special day as we are uh, celebrating my wife's 30th birthday uh, this year. And uh, sweetheart, I love and appreciate you so much. Today is her birthday. If you want to give a shout out, and I know some ladies at the church, uh, they wanted to bless you uh, with, with a little gift that they wanted to share with you. So here you are. Thank you very much, ladies. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of my favorite parts about this is I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> and I, I mean that with all sincerity. That just tells me that this is a church of honor. And that is just it is so much, I so much appreciated when you bless the pastor's wife. Sweetheart, happy birthday. Happy birthday. I believe it's Doreen's birthday as well. Doreen, stand up in the back. Stand up. Will you be sure to give her a great big hug and squeeze? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So remember, it's Michelle's 30th birthday. Amen. Man, you look great for 30. So, all right, uh, before I get into any trouble here, we're going to talk about marriage today. We're in a, a closer series on relationships, and we have been talking. And by the way, if you follow along in your sermon notes, you will get so much more, especially if you are a married couple, you need to have today's sermon notes, all right? If you're thinking about getting married, you need to have today's sermon notes. There's, there's some good information here, but we've been talking about relationships and we started talking about the importance of friends. You know, these are the most important, besides our relationship with God, it is our friends. And then last week, there was a great message. We talked about uh, dating relationships. For all the, the single folks who are out there and you are dating, uh, man, take, a, take a, a look at last week's uh, message for that. But today we're talking about marriage. And how many of you, we married couples out there? A lot, a lot of married couples out there. We honor you. Give it up for the married couples out there. Yeah, and we know that marriage can be hard work, right? It can be mar marriage can be hard work, and sometimes uh, married couples need some help. And and I got I, I want you to watch this video here. See if maybe you can resonate with this couple just a little bit here. I just suggested you get a gym membership. Okay, you used to love going. <laughs> Women have eyes too. It wouldn't hurt you to go once in a while, like fatty. Well, you two can sail together for a while, but if either one of you just diverts one degree, you'll be sailing apart. What you need is a captain. Yeah, I'm gonna be your captain. Okay, Captain, she locked me outside the house for two hours the other night. It was an accident, I was asleep. You were not asleep, it was seven o'clock, and I could see you peeking through the blinds. Do you not get that? I could see you. Well, if you'd had bothered to call, tell me you were having a guy's night, I would have left the door unlocked. Guy, I was an hour late, I went to Save Barn to pick up some celery. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. What? Whatever she says is always right, even if it isn't, you know what I mean? Whatever he says, he's always right. Amen. You wanted to come to him. Listen. <laughs> Men need to lead. 
to lead well. Yeah, but trying to lead her is like trying to lead a camel through the eye of a needle, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so now I'm a camel. Uh, if we're judging by the way you chew, then yeah. Hold it. Let's get some perspective here. The needle that we're talking about refers to a gate in Jerusalem, which, by the way, is very difficult to get a camel through, but it can be done. There is hope. It can be done. Thanks, Dr. Phil. Well, it's actually Chuck. <laughs> Thank you. That was a nice compliment. Oh, communication is the key and setting a good example. Keep that in mind because your children will follow that example. How do your children communicate? I just hope the kids don't follow in his footsteps. I just want a girl, someone who can understand me. We agreed on two, okay? And besides, naming one Sasha should have made up for it. Oh, like Oswald is any better. It is. It is better. I just want a girl. We'll get a doll, okay? I'm done with kids. Two is a great number. Two is biblical. I mean, what would have happened if there had been three rhinos on the ark? All right, one would have felt left out. He would have rebelled, and who knows, but that that rhino would have ended up sinking the whole ship, and none of us would be here, and we wouldn't even have two. So be thankful. Are you kidding me? No. Well, if you want to have three, you folks had better get doing some whoopee. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you two a question. How's your sex life? Sex life? That's an oxymoron in our home. Oh, yeah, looks like time's up for this week, kids. Great, we've spent all our time reacting instead of responding. Okay, big words, huh? Kiss up. Hey, good things come out of bad situations. I mean, uh, where would Celine Dion be if the Titanic hadn't sunk? <laughs> Give him a drift? Well, can you tell her that I just want her to exercise so she can get rid of some of her pent-up aggression? Can you tell him his favorite exercise won't be happening for a long time? Do you want me to pay? Don't tell me that. <laughs> Don't tell me that. I'm tired of hearing that. Can anybody relate to any of that going on there? <laughs> Those conversations. You know, I think a lot of married couples, they struggle because they don't know what they don't know. Let me say that one more time. I think a lot of married couples struggle because they don't know what they don't know. Years, it was years ago, I think I was in that, I know I was in that place where I did not know what I didn't know. And somebody had introduced us to this book called uh, Love and Respect. Love and Respect. Anybody ever heard of this book before by Dr. Emerson Egrich? And I'm telling you that, that just a whole, the whole title just really brings about the reality of the issue. You see, the premise of this book, the foundation of our marriage, for those who are married, the foundation of marriage is love, right? It is love. The only problem is men look at love different than women. They, I mean, in other words, the definition is different. So a woman's view of love means to be cherished, okay? Men, cherished means to have a high value, and regard for something so to take care of it with great detail. Man, we understand what it means to cherish something. Our job, our car, our fishing gear, our snowmobile, our deer hunting stand. We understand what it means to take care of something, to have high value for it. And so, uh, 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 men, we... we we view love as this to be respected. 
Oxford Dictionary says this, to be respect means to admire someone or something deeply as a result of their abilities, qualities, or achievements. So here, here's the whole premise from, from this book. How, how many of you, you, you show your kids Walt Disney movies? We have seen Walt Disney movies. Here's the whole premise in a, a Walt Disney movie. So you have this handsome prince, and you have this beautiful princess, and so he comes into town riding on his, you know, on his stallion, and he notices the beautiful princess. And his heart is just taken for her. She's so beautiful. She must be mine. And she is captivated by his strength. And, and, and she just, oh, wow, how, how, how could I have a man like that? And then in comes that evil villain, right? The evil villain, and he comes, and he sweeps the beautiful princess away. And what does the, the handsome prince do? Oh, he becomes enraged, and he's going to do that. And he will sacrifice his life to rescue her, right? right? How many of you, it sounds like your dating life. I'm describing your dating life there a little bit. And then, and then he comes in, and he has a sword fight, and he conquers the evil villain, and he rescues her. Why? Because he cherishes her. He would give up his life for her. And she respects his strength and his ability, and they live happily ever after. Isn't that a beautiful story? How many of you, how many Disney movies have, are in that same context? How many billions of dollars have been made by Disney by following that principle of love and respect? So, like the couples in this video, though, each was having a hard time loving that other person with love and respect. And so in the book, he talks about this thing called the crazy cycle. See if you can resonate with the crazy cycle. See, what happens in the crazy cycle is when, when a husband does not feel respected, then he, is not, he does not take the initiative to love and cherish in the way that she needs it. Well, when a wife does not feel loved and cherished from her husband, well, then the tendency is for her to act in disrespect or with no respect at all. And then what happens is you have this vicious, crazy cycle. Oh, disrespect me? Well, I will not love you. Oh, don't love me? Well, then I will disrespect you. And don't disrespect me, and I will love you. And da 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 And then you, what happens is your marriage gets caught up in this crazy cycle. But then he introduces this idea, and he says, what if, just what if, what if we were truly, husbands, what if we were truly to love our wives in a way that they feel cherished? And wives, what would happen? What would happen if you would just say, listen, I'm not gonna worry about how he treats me. I am just going to respect my husband through the act of honor. I'm gonna honor him. What would happen? And then he, he talks about what happens. It's kind of a natural response. It's, kind of, it's called the energizing cycle. And the energizing cycle, when she feels love, she naturally responds through respect. And when he feels respected, he naturally responds through love. So in other words, what happens is I, I believe this is a natural tendency within us when his love, his love motivates her respect and her respect motivates his love. 
So in the book, if you read this book, I'm kind of giving you the big premise of it. The big idea is this. The question is, how do you, how do you get your marriage from the crazy cycle to the energized cycle? How many of you want to know? How does that happen? How does that happen? One person, at least one person, has to take the initiative. And in the book, it talks about, well, who, who, which one? Which one is supposed to take the initiative? And I love the answer in the book. The answer in the book that said, the one in your marriage who is the most mature, you take the initiative. So, so men, if you, are the, if you are the most mature one in your marriage, and we're not going to get into any arguments here, we're just kind of in your mind, then you just love your wife and cherish her, period. Without any expectations in return, just focus on loving your wife. Now, now, as I get it, some of you, you are the most mature one in your relationship. So I would tell you that just respect your husband and treat him with honor and see if something doesn't begin to change. In other words, you're saying, no, 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 this crazy cycle, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out. I'm getting it. I'm getting off of that wheel because it goes nowhere. I'm getting off that wheel and I am just going to respect and honor my husband. Man, I am just going to love and cherish my wife. I love what author and marriage expert Jimmy Evans said this. He said uh, this about marriage. He says, by God's design, this is God's design, marriage only works when two mutually submitted people honor and serve each other. Let me say that one more time. By God's design, marriage only works when two mutually submitted people honor and serve each other. What would our marriages look like? What would our marriages look like if we had this same mindset? What if we, if you, if you just you individually, I'm not talking about your spouse, but what if you willingly chose to submit yourself? To submit yourself means to yield your will to someone else. What if you chose to honor your spouse? In other words, to value them with high respect. What if you were the one who chose and said, I'm going to serve my spouse Without condition, I'm going to give up myself for the benefit of others. You know, in Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul talks to the, the church in Ephesus about this topic of marriage. I don't know what was going on with him, but maybe he was saying, the guys, listen, listen, we, we need to sit and talk about our marriages here. Because, oh, by the way, the most important relationship in your life is your relationship with God. Right? Number two, most important relationship you have here on earth, those who are married, is with your spouse. And so that's why this, this whole topic, it's biblical. And, the, and so the Apostle Paul says in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, he says this. He says, submitting to one another out of reverence for God. That's what our marriage should look like. Two, two individuals submitting to each other through love and respect. Husbands, 
submit yourself to your wife. Wives, submit yourself to your husband. Let me read on here, Ephesians 5, 29. He says, no one hates his own body, but, but feeds and cares for it. So just as Christ cares for the church, and we are members of his body, as the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two, I love this imagery here, catch this imagery, and the two are united into one. The picture of marriage. That's what Paul, Paul just gave us, the picture of marriage. And you see this all throughout Scripture. You see that same imagery. Two individuals. God has called them to come together as one. And he says this is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man should love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. I love this. I love this imagery. You know, one of the most important ways that we submit to each other is through being intentional about meeting each other's emotional needs. So did you know that each and every one of us, we have inherently, we, we were, were created with emotional needs. For instance, we have all of us, every person in this room, we have the emotional need for acceptance. We have the emotional need for identity. And I, I hope to talk about these things in the future. But we have the, the, the emotional need for security and for purpose. Well, just as we as individuals, we have these needs, but in marriage, we also have emotional needs, and we are called to invest into each other in these emotional needs. It's kind of like a bank account. Maybe you have, you have a bank account, right? And, and so what you do is you, you open up a checking account, a banking account, and you start to invest into it, and then your banking account, it begins to build up, and it begins to build up. And that's what you do when you're dating, and then all throughout your engagement, you're, you're building up this bank account, but then you get into marriage and things get difficult and bills come your way and, and children come and challenges arise and, and moving and transition, all kinds of stuff happen. And every once in a while, there needs to be a withdrawal. But if you're not, and that's just life, that's reality, that's marriage. Marriage is hard. But if you don't continue with that investment into that bank account, that's where a lot of marriages go bankrupt. Don't let that happen to you. We are called, men, we are called to invest into our wives. Wives, you are called to invest into your husbands. And so again, as I talk about this book, when it was introduced to me, I had no idea that my wife had these emotional needs and that I was called to invest in her. So I want to talk about that here in this message here. Meeting your spouse's emotional needs. And, and I want to talk to uh, the wives first. Can I just do that? I want to talk to the wives, and I want to talk about your husband's needs. Listen to what Paul says here, Ephesians 5, 22. And this is from the paraphrased version of the Message Bible. So it says here, wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership for, to his wife and the way Christ does to this church. Not by domineering, but by cherishing. Did you catch that, man? 
We're called to be spiritual leaders. And the best way to be the leader in your house is not by dominating and demanding. Guys, if you, listen to me, if you have to demand leadership in your house, you're not the leader. If you have to demand it, you're not the leader. But we earn it, and we earn that right to lead through cherishing. So just as, a, as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Now, I, I want you to know, I believe in marriage, I believe what Paul's talking about, he's talking about mutual submission. But can, let me talk to the guys here for just a second. Guys, if you, if you are a Christ follower, you're online today and you are a Christ follower, and you're married, I want you to hear loud and clear, it is your responsibility to be the spiritual leader in your home. Why is it so quiet in here? Men, it is our responsibility to be the spiritual leader in our home. Somebody said this, your wife feels most secure when you are the spiritual leader in your home. So I, I just believe this. This is what we're supposed to do, men. We're supposed to not only uh, earn that respect, we're, we're supposed to lead with respect. We earn the respect by, by just being in a relationship with God. Men, the best way to be, become a spiritual leader in your home is for you to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because when you love God, it has a direct effect on how you treat your wife. So man, if you want to be the spiritual leader in your home, fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. And then, and then, and then we become the servant leader that God has called us to be. So we're going to earn the respect, and then we're going to lead with respect. Man, I want to challenge you. You be the one who goes and tucks your children in at bed at night, and you are the one who's praying with them, and you're reading scripture to them. You are the one who is taking the initiative. We are getting our kids into church on Sunday morning. We are getting our kids into the children's program at church on Wednesday nights. We are getting ourselves into a life group. I, I know of a life group that's meeting in the church right now, and they meet in each other's homes. To me, that person is being a spiritual leader in his home. You know how I know he's being a spiritual leader in his home? Because as these couples are gathering together to do life group, you know what their kids are doing? Their whole, it's one of those, those life groups with a lot of kids. They are in the other room, and they are doing life group together. And they are seeking counsel. And mom and dad, mom and dad didn't initiate that. The kids were following mom and dad's example. And that's what our kids do. But men, let's be the leaders in that. I want you men, I challenge you, pray blessings and favor all of your wife every day. Take the initiative in this area. Let's get back to the wives. Let's talk to them. Emerson Egrich, the author of this book, says, unconditional respect for a man is as powerful to a husband as unconditional love is to our wife. Women, wives, this is how men spell love, respect. Men are built this way. It's not an ego thing. 
It's not some egotistical thing. Men are built to feel love through respect. Let me define respect one more time. To admire someone or something deeply as a result of their abilities, qualities, or achievements. I mean, remember the handsome prince? <gasps> He's so brave. He's so strong. He's so courageous. I mean, that's, that's Michelle when she talks to me sometimes. <laughs> so brave, strong. She sounds like Batwoman. So brave, strong, courageous. Let me, let me give you a few examples here. Wives, your husband feels respected when? When you care for his honor. When you care for his honor. Showing honor is important to men. When you honor somebody, that means you are holding them in respect or esteem to, to, to show respect for them. So last, last night, uh, and some of you have commented to me, I, we, we, I'm the chaplain for the fire department, and we went to a, a banquet, the first annual fire banquet last night, and it was an awards banquet. And, and I was just excited to be there, and it, we were having a nice time with everybody. And, and so they were reading off the names of people and what they had done. Uh, and so uh, all of a sudden, they started talking about the chaplain of the fire department. And I'm like, that's me. And, and they, they started to talk about uh, something that had happened at, at, on a fire scene, and, and I was able to help out. And I, I didn't see it coming. I didn't expect it. But I felt honored. I've only been working with the department for just over a year, and I felt honored. You, you know what I felt? I felt loved and accepted by these men and women who serve in the fire department. I felt honored. I, I was, almost got a little tear, a little emotional there. I, I, didn't, I didn't see that coming. Because that's, that's how we're built. Ladies, it, that, that's how we're built. Right? We, we don't need a whole lot of accolades, but, but honor and respect are so important. So, so wives, you care for his honor when you admire him. When you say things like, I respect your servant leaders. It's, sometimes it's just male talk. I love how you father our children. I'm so grateful for your spiritual leadership in the, in the home. You, you call it out what you want to see. You call out the things that maybe even in just small ways you begin to call it out. Invest in your husband's love language. And, and notice here, I have the... the, the uh, the website for five love languages. That's a whole nother topic. But find out, each of us has a love language. Discover what your spouse's love language is and then love him in an honorable way in that love language. Does that make sense? And, and, and that's, that's a whole nother sermon, but I encourage you, couples, go to this website, Take a quick test. Discover what your love language is. Go on a date and talk about each other's love languages. That's another message. Wives, let me say this. One of the quickest ways to disrespect a man is to correct him in public, even when he's wrong. Even when he is exaggerating. Even when... He doesn't know what he's talking about. Because that's what we do. <laughs> sometimes in our insecurity, man, can I just be honest? Sometimes in our insecurity, we kind of blow things up. That's why, that's why that fish wasn't that big. It was that big. 
That's how those stories come about. And I, I just encourage you, the time for correction is, is not in front of other people, but to do it respectfully. And, and, and one of the ways you can do that is maybe not by pointing out, but by asking questions in private. Now, how, how big was that, that fish again? I was just, just, just curious. Husbands, oh, your husband needs a wife who respects his courage, not a teacher who corrects his mistakes. Let me say that one more time. Your husband needs a wife who respects his courage, not a teacher who corrects his mistakes. Discover his love language and honor him through that. Let me continue on here. Wives, show intimate desire for your husband. And all the men said, (laughs) way to go, guys, way to go. Listen, wives, your husband has been built by God to desire you sexually. There's nothing wrong with your husband. God has given us this gift, us men, this gift, and it's the gift of our eyes. And we have this incredible gift given to us by God to recognize beauty, right, men? And that's why we chose you, because we love the beauty that we see in you. Let your husband see the beauty that God has created in you. Let your husband enjoy the beauty that is within you. And this is, again, this is one of those things that you, you guys need to talk about. I'm going to talk about that here in just a few moments, but that's something that needs to be talked about and communicated. But you want to know one of the biggest issues that married couples will talk about is this issue. Talk about it. But I will tell you this, ladies. We know that in our country, in the world, there is an issue. It's, there's a pornography problem and it's not so much, it, it, there's, there's the visual, but there's also the message that is being communicated that is very luring for men. And oftentimes, the message that is being communicated in that pornography is here is this woman who desires me. That's the fantasy. That's, that's the mindset. And that is something that is built within men by God. It is not dirty until it has been drugged through the dirt. But understand and respect that desire that has been put within men and help him through that. Number three, participate in what he's doing. Men desire companionship. So I did a, I did a lot of study on this. Again, you, you kind of look on the top 10 things men wish that their wives knew about them, and you, you see kind of a continuation of a lot of these things. And one of the biggest ones that I saw continuously is this, this need for companionship. So men, one of the biggest needs men have is that when, when you appreciate their interest and you engage with them in that interest, when you enjoy taking part in those events. For instance, I know my beautiful wife has zero, probably zero desire to watch football, okay? I, I, at least it started that way. And, and, but yet she sits down with me 
And I get so excited and we cheer together and we do like fist bumps together like on great plays and like it's just like I just like enjoy that so much and you know she'll put on a Packer jersey and we'll go down in our basement and watch the game together and it's just like because that's my thing and it's what she does is she engages in my thing knowing that it's my thing and she has even bought like uh, tickets to to games that, that she knows that I would enjoy and we go and we enjoy our time together our husbands husbands we enjoy that and and ladies I want you to know there's a turnaround here Uh, not everybody knows where this place is what this thing and I'm about to say here know that it exists but some of you I'm going to get points for it I have even went out of the way to go to this place called Magnolia. I have zero interest in Magnolia, (laughs) but she does. And all of a sudden now I have a hundred percent interest in Magnolia and antique stores and the such. Balance, balance. Let me continue on here. Number four, wives express your affirmation for him. I don't understand this, but if we, were to pro- if we were to turn on the television screen right now, we would probably be bombarded with a commercial. And here's the premise of that commercial. There will be a husband, and there will be a wife, and there will be some children, and the husband will say or do something that it, it makes him look like a complete idiot. And the message of the commercial is, that man is an idiot. Doesn't it seem to be repetitive with that whole commercial idea? And then you turn on a television show and the husband is an idiot. That's the message. And, and, and so uh, here's the deal. If you begin to tell someone or if you give them that impression long enough, guess what they'll turn into? Instead, wives, I want to encourage you, be your husband's greatest cheerleader. Be your husband's greatest advocate. Express your affirmation for him. Be proud of him. Cheer on his successes, whether in business or in sports, whatever it is. Cheer him on. Listen, listen, wives, listen to me. Your husband is longing for your approval. Man, I remember playing sports and, and having a girlfriend up in the stands and like I'm doing like my wrestling thing and I'm looking at she looking at me and we're just built that way. We want your approval. And it said, the Proverbs tells us this, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So, so ladies, I encourage you, speak words of affirmation into his life. I'm so proud of you. Listen, here's a, here's a big one. Oh, write this one down. You are a man of honor. I trust you. I believe in you. You want to you hear words that are fuel for a man's tank? I believe in you. Say this one. You are a good man. Let me, let me move on here. Ephesians 5, 28. The message, paraphrased Bible. Husbands, Go all out in your love for your wives 
exactly as Christ did for the church. I love Mark by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're really already one in marriage. Guys, listen to me. You are doing yourself a huge favor when you love and cherish your wife. Well, what does that look like? I, I, love, I love Proverbs 18, 22. The man who finds, who, who finds a wife finds a treasure. Man, you're, you're sitting right next to a treasure chest. And some of you, you don't even know it. Treat your wife as a treasure. And then he says, when we treat our wives as a treasure, we receive favor from God. There is favor and blessings that come from that, right, ladies? There's blessings that come from it. So men, cherish your wife by treasuring her more than anything or anyone in the world. And I'm gonna tell you, there was a season in our marriage where we needed, we needed to step down from pastoring a church. I was pastoring a church for, for, for 12 years. We needed to step down because there was conflict in our house. Because to be honest, I loved church and I loved my ministry more than I loved my wife. And boy, did it cause problems. Man, did it cause pain and hurt. And those days are on the old. All things are new. So husbands, your wife, how do we love our wives? Your, lo- your wife feels loved when you care for her heart. Care for her. Men, your wife's biggest need is security. Security. We are created. Listen, men, listen. We have been created to protect and provide for our wives. Security. Man, I would tell you this. If your wife is struggling with insecurity, I want to challenge each and every one of us men to look into the mirror and say, how have I contributed to this? How have I contributed? There might be things that are in the past and stuff like that, but how am I contributing to her security? What am I doing to help her feel secure? We do this, men. We create security in our home when we, we, we want to be treated as men of integrity, but when we live as men of integrity, when we say we're going to do what we're going to do, we do it. And when we say we are this person, we, be, we really are that person. When we reaffirm our devotion to our spouse. In other words, men, when, when, when we say to our, our, our wives, I will always love you, no matter what, no matter what happens in our future, I will always love you. Treasure your wife. Treat her. Listen to me. We have, guys, we have, let's face it, we, we struggle sometimes with putting away our toys. And we, we have these things and we have these hobbies, but don't ever let your wife feel like you love that thing more than you love her. Don't let your wife feel like you love your work more than you love your spouse. See your wife as a blessing and treat her as a gift. 
Be the spiritual leader in your home. These are just a few examples of how to build security in our wife's heart. Find out her love language. Look it up, gentlemen. Find out her love language and love and cherish her through that. Be mindful of that. I I remember years ago, I just did not know how to love my wife. And I was thinking, what's wrong with her? And somebody introduced me to this idea of five love languages, and I discovered there's nothing wrong with her. There's so much wrong with me. I need to understand who God created her to be and love her and her love language. Show her affection. Men, your wife defines affectionately, affection differently than you do. Let me say that one more time. Men, we look at this word affection, and we're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's not what your wife is talking about. Okay? So that's a helpful hint. Your your wife needs your affection without intention. Ladies, that's a good line right there. Your wife needs your affection without intention. Your wife can smell intention a mile away. They say like, oh, no, 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 no. I know where you're going with this. No, 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 no. That, that's not what they need. I, I remember as a young man getting ready for school, and we had this counter, right? And us, all of us boys were tired or cranky and trying to down our bowl of cereal, all right? And then mom, and then mom is cooking breakfast and she's getting ready and, you know, and then out comes dad and he's, he has to go off for work and dad just comes up behind her and he just starts hugging on her and she hugs him back and they're kissing me all over each other. I'm like, ah, go away, I gotta, no. And it was not, my dad didn't have intention, dad had to go to work. <laughs> dad was giving mom affection. And you have no idea what security that was building in mom because that sent a message, dad's not leaving me. But it also sent a message to us who just thought that was the most disgusting thing in the entire world. It sent a message to us, dad's not leaving mom. Mom loves dad. Affection. Holding hands. Holding hands in church. When, when I was talking to you about Michelle and I, we took a break from ministry, from pastoring a church and we went to this church together. And one of the most needed things that we needed was to sit in church and me put my arm around my wife. I, I, I never realized how much I needed that. I, I never realized how we needed that. that. Just that simple act of going to church and me putting my arm around my wife brought so much healing into our marriage. I miss those days. Be affectionate. And you do that, man, through your words throughout the day. Reaffirm. Listen, listen, man. Reaffirm how beautiful your wife truly is. Speak it. Affectionate touching as holding each other in church, holding hands. Be romantic, but do it in a way that gives her a reason to want you. Michelle, we talked about this before. We, we, we did a sermon series on this a long time ago, and, and I looked up those notes, and she, she said, she defined affection as you make an effort to spend time with me, getting to know me, not expecting anything 
in return. Have open and honest communication with her. Men, your wife needs open and honest communication. Be present. Turn off the distractions. Look her in the eyes and listen. And then when she talks to you and she asks you a question, be honest. Share with her your vulnerabilities, your fears, your worries. Be open. I have a lot to say about this, but Michelle and I, years ago, we went to this marriage conference and, and sometimes, sometimes married couples, you don't know what to talk about. You're like, well, how do you gauge where you're at in your marriage? And so in, in, this, in this marriage session that we went to, they said, okay, in marriage, the three biggest things that couples will fight about, finances, communication, and sex, right? So this is what you do. You go out on a date. You get away. Go to a place that doesn't have a TV, guys, Okay? Say, okay, put your hands behind your back. Say, we're going to talk about communication. On a scale of one to five, how do you think we're doing with communication? Three, two, one. And then she puts up a three as well. Okay, a three. All right, so, so tell, me what, tell me what you, you know, why did you, why did you gauge it a three? Why did you gauge it at three? What do you, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think we could do better for in our communication? All right, finances, right? Three, two, one. Okay, well, you said a four and I said a two. Let's, let's sit and talk about that. But what if we were to just, you know, so you always wonder, how do you, how would you talk about our marriage? Just start right there. Start right there. That was so practical for us. Let me continue on here. Express your appreciation for her. Appreciation. Appreciation for, like, hey, I appreciate you. Like, well, what do you appreciate about them? I appreciate how hard you work. I appreciate all the things that you, you do around the house. I appreciate all the kind things that you do for me. I appreciated you, you doing, my, my, doing the laundry for me. I appreciate you ironing my shirt before we got ready for church. I appreciate those things. Aunt, listen to me. Honor her in front of the children. Brag about your wife to other men. In closing here, I mean, have you ever seen the movie Jerry Maguire? Seen the, the movie? There's that one scene that everybody talks about. Jerry and his wife are not getting along so well and he's having kind of a, a, a relapse and he's just like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And so she's in this meeting, this life group of ladies, and all they're doing is they're bickering about their husbands or their boyfriends or whatever. And he recognizes, I need to win the love of my wife back. And so he comes into the room of all these ladies, and he's just making eye contact with his wife. And he's apologizing to her, and I, I need you in my life. And he looks her in the eyes. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know where I'm going with this. And he looks at her and he says, you complete me. And I'm, I'm looking around the room and there's ladies crying right now. <laughs> you complete. Can I, can I just speak to that for just one second here? Couples, beware. Beware of that. Because you will never find in your spouse what you can only find in Jesus. Your spouse was never created 
to complete you. And some of you, you have been so disappointed in your spouse because you, you had this, you bought into that lie. You just, my spouse is supposed to complete me and I don't feel completed. Never intended to. Compliment you, yes. Help you, yes. Become as one, yes. But never meant to complete you because Paul tells us this in Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God. All the fullness that you're looking for in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. It's only through Jesus, only through relationship with Jesus that you will find completeness. When we were younger, I'm closing up right now. When, when we were, uh, when we had our kids, we would go on these long trips and kids would be in the backseat fighting. Like, I don't know where it ever came up with, but we just announced, okay, time out, everybody. We're gonna do a love check. We're gonna do a love check. I'm like, Tyler, you go first. How did we do it? Tyler, do you love Kristen? Yes. <laughs> Tyler, you love dad? Yes. Tyler, do you love mom? Yes. Okay, Kristen, your turn. Love check. Kristen, do you love Tyler? Do I have to? <laughs> Kristen, love check. Yes. Say it. I love Tyler. Sometimes. No, Kristen, say it right. <laughs> love check. Yeah, you get the idea. You know, I just, I just went through this whole spiel like, hey, love your wife like this. Love your husband like this. And I don't think I completed it because we're all, we're all kind of different. Can I challenge married couples to a love check? So I, I, I put in your bulletin here, a love check for men, a love check for women. Can I challenge you to go on a date night without the kids, without a TV, and have a love check. Maybe leave your phones at home and ask, husbands, ask your wife, tell me, tell me what I do or what I can do to help you feel loved and cherished. Wives, ask your husband, what is it that I can do to help you feel honored and respected? Just, just as a side note here. I went long here this morning. I want to go back to Jesus completing you. Your heart was created for God first. He's the only one who can complete you, and he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to show his love for you so that he can live inside of you. That is your heart's biggest need. And I want to ask you today, do you have that relationship? That number one relationship is that complete in your life. If not, you can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Can I just ask you, all of us, just bow our heads right now, and you just have a love check with God. Love check with God. Do I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? Is God living inside of me? If not, you can just pray this prayer. Say, God, I do love you, and my heart needs you. I'm asking you to come and live inside of me and make me complete in you and through you. Forgive me of my sins. I choose to live for you.